So I love side boob. I like all boob. Yeah. I just thought I'd focus on side boob for a second. Yeah. I mean, it, it deserves love too. It's uh, it's kind of like false advertising sometimes. But in what I think way? The product is the end product is still desirable. Well, I mean, the profile is sometimes a lot larger than what's really going on there because of the uh, the bra and the clothing around oh, it. No, the so the bra is the false advertising. Yeah, not well, necessarily well, the side but, boob. Well, the side boob is affected by it. So yeah, sure, the side right. boob is. But false. when I think of boobs, I think of unfettered boob. Right, no bra, no shirt. Yeah, but straight I'm talking about what we see, though, not what we're thinking about. Right? Yeah, but that is what I see. Is what I think. <laughs> okay, so, <laughs> so it's my mind's eye, you know. So then the uh, reality is an interruption to your uh, simulation. Well, they work together, but I override reality with my simulation. That is terrifying. <laughs> yeah, but I don't override your reality; only my own. True. But it's still terrifying. That's what it made me think. When you said something similar to that last time we spoke, it made me think of Quentin Tarantino's character from 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 Dust Till Dawn. And oh, know, on Friday. I don't know. You maybe don't remember the character, and it's not um, a moral comparison because he's a piece of shit evil <laughs> villain in the movie. But uh, he he hears people saying he visually he visualizes and hears people saying things that they just aren't saying. Oh. Because he's psychotic. Well, I do it on purpose, though. Yeah, that's even worse. So you're not ignorant to your to your your <laughs> your villain. If you were him, you wouldn't be ignorant to it. You'd be completely willful of it. Yeah, but it's like <laughs> I I more so do it to get out those thoughts and those feelings instead of acting them. I just I just simulate it in my head. Okay, so it's safer that way. And I might be just trying to get you back a little bit for calling me a straight queen. <laughs> By calling me a villain? And you're complimenting me. You're not insulting try, me. Little... Yeah, how do, you, how do you insult Zach? I'm trying to figure that one out. It still blows my mind that you ever had to deal with bullies. But I understand it only because, not because I understand you perfectly or anything, but I had a friend who uh, in high school was also like a big, tall, long-haired dude. And he wasn't skinny, like he had like a broad frame, like he looked like like he'd be like you know the lead in like you know a motorcycle gang or something, right? Yeah. But he, at least with him, he was very soft spoken, and he was just uh, meek. He was actually quite meek, even though he was a nice person. Yeah. He lets people walk on him. He did. He he was easy uh, to walk on. I found out, Uh, and. You know, the the problem, the kids he had problems with were kids that I would have never, like, even second-guessed throwing up throwing up against a locker myself. You know what I mean? Like, there's no way. Like, I don't care how many kids, how many friends that kid has. They're all going to know. Don't fuck with me, right? But he, he didn't see it that way. And he wasn't violent either by nature. But definitely, but again, if that, he was the kind of person that if they were ever drawn to violence, I mean, look out. Yeah. Right? Like, I holy mean, shit. One of the reasons I never went to violence is just because I never wanted to get in trouble with my parents. Because I always thought that that would be worse. Yeah, the consequence is worse than... than, Yeah, yeah, it's not worse than... Yeah, exactly. It was more like it's not worth it. Then later, I just found ways to to feel satisfaction in not letting them get at me. Because if they they make me do something that I don't want to do, then they win. But if I can just brush them off, that's how I win. 
Right. Because then they, they their, whole, their whole goal was to hurt me. Right. And they didn't hurt me. Or at least I didn't let them see that they did. The fear of disappointing your parents. That's that's one I of the reasons, a you know, fear. later in life after my father passed, that mm-hmm. I remained a good child. Is I didn't want to disappoint my mom. Right. I didn't want her to think less of me. No, I totally get that because I think, I think losing someone's respect hurts way more. Well, yeah, it's than like when your parents come up to you, it's like, "Son, I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed." Like that cuts. Like yeah. that's like to your soul because that's person to person, right? Yeah, it's no longer father and son. He's like, as a person, you have disappointed me. It's <laughs> yeah. like Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I get. I yeah, I totally get that. Um, and that's how I feel about side boob. Yeah, is that that's disappointing? It's just it's a little disappointing it sometimes. Can be. Yeah. It's a little disingenuous, but it's all right. I'll I'll find a way to yeah. uh, just override reality with your own. I got to try that. I feel like I have, but maybe I don't do it. I don't Dude, practice it as you're often an artist. As, as you. You're an artist. All <laughs> artists do that. I, that's why I agree. Like yeah. that happens. You know, I make the jokes sometimes. It's like you can't tell me every detail because I'm drawing it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to memorize everything you're saying. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, that's one of the fun things is when you know someone's visual and you put other visual thoughts into their mind that they didn't want to have. And then you just make them see like the grossest things. And it's great. Yeah. It's like that meme. Like what has been seen cannot be unseen. Yeah. It can be a double edged sword though. Because oh, yeah. like, when you say it, you also think of it. So, I mean, you're thinking of that pink, purple elephant just as much as they are. Yeah, it's going to be weird when we do, like, upload or plug in our brains to our phones or computers, and we're able to generate images straight from, like, our central cortex of our mind, and to see, like, our dark thoughts and even our, like, good thoughts, like, come to life. Yeah. Like, I think that's going to be I such a I think that would be great for therapy, for sure. Oh, I think it'll be very therapeutic. That would be awesome yeah. if you could visualize, like, more... Um, meta, uh, what's it called? Physically, yeah. Your your thoughts than than mentally, mentally, because then you can actually confront them and like talk to them, and they can almost have like, since it's linked to your brain, you can like communicate with this like thought, this like subconscious level of your own self, and then if you need to destroy that part, you can, in in this simulation, you could destroy it with whatever weaponry that you feel like it is needed. I feel, and I feel like the pioneers, the first people to do that sort of thing, are the ones that are really going to have the most unique experience. Because I look at it like this: like someone who has a lifetime of memory, let's say like an eighty-year-old person, right? Right, can suddenly now watch their memories from, say, their childhood on a, on a computer screen or a TV screen. So that's like that's watching videos you no one, the world has never seen, right? come directly from a person's mind and what are the details going to be like what's it going to be like to see someone who who passed away like a loved one or a friend right uh, and 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 i think those people that make that first transition they're going to have the most unique experience because young people or new children that grow up that grow up in um that technology that world they're not going to have it's going to be second nature for them, right? It's just like now with cell phones. Like kids that grow up with cell phones, they don't they don't know the difference, right? They don't know a world without that technology. Yeah. And I think the same thing will happen, um, you know, when we create the I mean, matrix. Well, we didn't know a world without cars, right? True. So it's like, 
we're still evolving with technology. Their their children's children are gonna have different world experiences too. You know. So yeah, I mean, but we know profundity. We, I mean, we kind of know what it is to walk, have to walk everywhere because when you're a kid, you have to walk to your parents or to your your friend's house from your parents' house. You know, but um, growing up though, like now, I, I don't even drive a block. I mean, I won't even walk a block. I'll drive there if I have to. I know? know. I was just like talking about this earlier with a friend with uh, Matt, a friend of mine that you know, of course, and he and he and I always have these kind of conversations, very similar conversations. To you and I. And we were just talking about that, how, like, I don't even really travel anymore. You know, I don't, when's the last time I walked to someplace? It's one thing I plan to do when I'm in Arizona. Yeah. Is that, like, I don't want to rent a car. Like, if I actually need a car, I'll Uber. Yeah. I want to actually walk around. I want to soak in. I want to experience the environment, my, my surroundings. I just think it stinks walking in the city. You know, it's just not fun. Like, it is, like, walking in a rural area because it's more... There's more things to look at, it feels like. You know, you got trees, you got plants, you got you got animals walking around. But like in the city there's almost there's you just got concrete slabs. And well, there's then, people walking around. They're interesting to watch. Uh, see, I mean, at least in the suburbs there's not, and I guess that's what I mean by a city. I think the suburbs are pretty well, I mean the suburbs are always pretty quiet, yeah. right? Like we're at least the, the neighborhoods. They're so boring. Well, it's like I can't even, and I can't even go commune with nature in a sense, you know, because because there's concrete everywhere. You know, it's just so so frustrating living in the suburb area like this. But you can always travel out of it. Yeah, but like, where's the nearest place that I can go? I, there's a lot actually. I can't find anything. I've looked. Like even Bussy Woods sucks, man. There's plenty. There's so many, especially in northern Illinois. There's so many. Uh, reservations and I mean like you know like protected lands um, you may want to check out a place called Phantom Prairie how far though oh I mean from you it's 25 minutes really yeah it's north of you Phantom Prairie check I'll out Phantom up. Prairie it has um, it has a very uh, a much more secluded uh, path that cuts through a lot I mean extremely large area of woods and it's very hilly um, really and they even warn you. There's signs up that you know, warn you of like uh, groups of like coyotes and stuff like that. Nice. Or foxes. Right. I'll have to find um, this. Phantom Prairie. I'll remember this. Yeah, I did a job up there. That's how I know about it. Yeah. And, um, Is it pretty swampy though? It has very swampy parts. Yeah. Um, but you, I mean, you you walk in the path. You don't want to go, you know, galumphing through the woods or anything. No, that's what I want though. I well, want to follow a game trail. You can, I suppose, I but then, you know, if I was you, you know, cover up because you're yeah, going to get ticks, ticks and mosquitoes. Dude, and... I never had a tick till I went to a forest preserve over here. We used to do tick checks every day, and almost every day we'd find ticks on our on our bodies. Really? And we were covered, imagine in the summertime, we're covered head to toe, and what is exposed is just laced with high, like, high deep count bug spray. <laughs> And sweat and sunburn. I mean, it was the, the worst combination. Who knows what it did to our, our bodies. And you're probably sterile now from all that deep. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to keep trying, though. <laughs> that's the spirit. That's, Always try. That, yeah, that's the old college try. I can't give up. No, but um, give up. But yeah, no, I, if, check out Phantom Prairie. There's a, there's a lot. Of, I mean, there's Munger Woods. There's all over the state. There are so many... Um, protected woodland areas that have paths or don't and people can go into them yeah um the most annoying is the paths that have like concrete 
or like it's asphalt. I hate that. It's so annoying. It's like I'm trying to like walk in nature, right? I know. At least, at least give me wood chips. That's the most you can do for a trail. Well, it's it's yeah, and I hear what you're saying, but it's definitely become an evolution of the hobby, if you want to call it. And by that, I mean like people. You know, it attracts more people to the area. Why that's important, I don't know. I never understood the purpose of advertising a park, right, or like a a trail. It's like there's nothing to be sold there. There's no hot dog stands along the way, right? So <laughs> the amount of people going through doesn't matter. Yeah. So why it has to be so like you might say modernized with asphalt trails and whatnot and what does that matter to the either the biker will put up with that or they won't right yeah if you really want to be there and, and asphalt is you know and wood chips or you know ground yeah dirt i is. mean i used to when i was in high school talking about you know not having a car um i would bike 12 miles every day to go to the next town over and we would go hang out with friends and we had right. we would bike along this path that was like dirt and um sometimes they also have horses go there too so the worst was when it had rained the day before horses had gone through so you got all these crappy horse like prints that are like deep and then shallow and deep and then it's like trying to ride through that when it's hard after the day after <laughs> oh yeah it's that a little crater so, so difficult yeah but so but, what that's yeah. part of it yeah, but it's part of the it's part of the it's experience. Part of the trail. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, that's the part of the trail that's bumpy. Why does the whole trail have to be smooth? Yeah, no, because like yeah. <laughs> nature is not uniform, right? Nature, there's yeah. no perfect symmetry or circles in nature. I've always wondered why is why it seems like even I mean it just even in myself there's every now and then it seems like I, I just want desire some kind of perfection in everything and I do even though that's not interesting and you see it in man overall. This attempt to make everything smooth, like every surface has to be smooth, and you know what I mean? Does yeah, that make sense. Like, like, medi- like almost like a medical office, <laughs> like <laughs> to turn the world into a, a boring like waiting room. Like, I don't. I understand mean, I get that. it because I don't think I think this is the future, right? And there should not be any corners in the future. Everything should be circles. Everything should be rounded. I don't like corners. There's a lot of corners in nature, Zach. Yeah, I know. That's that's nature. My my constructed world. Should have circles though. Also, there is there is some modernity in you. No, I do like being in a separated space from nature. I don't want bugs all over me every day. Mm. You know, but that I want the separation though. Okay, Zach, I'm gonna read you something now off of the internet randomly, and we're gonna talk about it. All right, sounds exciting. I'm glad you're excited. Here we yeah, go. I'm excited. When a mysterious beam of light starts disrupting and destroying the Earth's atmosphere, Flash Gordon, Dr. Zarkov, and Dale Arden, accidentally accompanied by wise-cracking reporter Happy Hapgood, swing into action in Zarkov's rocket ship, believing that it could be coming from the planet Mongo. Once in space, however, they discover that the ray is originating from Mars. Dun-dun-dun... So who are you in that situation, Zach? Dude, I'm Dr. Zarkov. I knew you would say that, but I don't know if it's because I know you or I don't know you. Well, it's because I'm unpredictable. That's very contradicting, considering I just said that's what I thought you would do. I know, I know. That's the the Zarkov key. 
It's to be predictably unpredictable. Doctor, and so how familiar are with the Doctor Zarkov character? Oh, dude, I'm like we're like brothers. Yeah, I know you, him like the back of my hand. I feel like you could pass as like a doctor, and I mean this lovingly, but as a Doctor Zarkov like son or something. Yeah, I'd be a little crazy though. Maybe you're like the one of thirteen sons he had that was the strongest. Like you killed all your brothers. Yeah, in the womb. In the womb. Yeah, all thirteen of them. Oh, really? Yeah, so I, I devoured sperm them. with swords and shields. no, I devoured them. Like I, you ate them, so yeah. you're. It's kind of Cthulhu in nature, kind of spider in nature. Yeah, but it's it's a little more tasty. No tastier. I yeah. don't know. I haven't had sperm or spiders, so I don't know which one tastes better. <laughs> well, I, I am a sperm, know. so it's only cannibalism. It's not. Oh, it's, so it's all right. So that oh, okay. So it's premise that matters. Yes, yes. So only, only the one you, in front is gay. You are what you eat, as I said. <laughs>